like we were about to hit a billion in sales. You say that you're the bridge between business and spirituality. If you want to bridge the gap, the first thing you got to ask yourself is why? If I would have asked my 10-year younger self that, it would have been to help people. Bullshit. It was to help yourself. I realized no one's coming. Like, literally, no one is coming to save me. It's me, it's my mom, it's my two little brothers. If we're ever going to get out of this ghetto, I'm going to have to make it happen, Yeah. right? I don't think people have allowed themselves the gift of risking to go out and provide for themselves more than what they're able to provide for themselves right now. And receiving the gift of seeing that risk pay off and getting knocked down mm -hmm. by that risk. Yes. All of it is okay because all of it helps you grow. A billion dollars in sales, retired from real estate. You've gone through the learning curves of how to do it. Once you've climbed that mountain, I think there's something that happens inside of you that, you know, quite frankly, you give yourself this gift of knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to find a way. Money is just God's reward for the value that you're bringing to humanity. And you no longer are doing something for money, but you're genuinely doing it to help people. And the money is a byproduct. I just think you flow, man. When you were a little kid growing up in the ghetto, <laughs> did you ever imagine that you'd have that big of a dream? The dream was always big, but the dream was coming from the world's perspective of what we as men and as human beings should be dreaming about. So the dream was always about materialism. Uh -huh. The dream was always about acceptance and, um, um, and, and, and really outside validation, you know? So, and then one day you get that dream. You know, and that dream becomes a reality and you realize like everything that you've been searching for your entire life, your heart didn't even really want it. You were programmed to want it through the pain that you've been living in your whole life that you didn't even freaking know that you were living from. Yeah. You know, and that's the moment of awakening. That's like, whoa. And so, you know, what happens with me very naturally is I'm, I'm able to go through something learn something and then teach it to other people. So when it was in real estate, it's like, you know, I wanted to buy my mom a house and, and I ended up doing really good in real estate. And then I taught people about real estate. The problem was that in real estate, my fuel was, you know, on the lower end of the consciousness spectrum. It was mm. all desire and passion. And quite frankly, it was from pain. A lot of, I mean, most of my, I was raised on welfare too. Yeah. Most of my upbringing, I just saw money as pain. Like when I even felt money, Danny, it would be like compression, almost like there was a little cage around my heart. So when I experienced money or the energy of money, it was like money causes evil. Like that was mm. a big story for me for a long time. And it honestly wasn't until I really started this podcast that my relationship with money became more of a hug rather than a shove. I love that. And I think about for you, man, 18 years old, I think it was the day after you graduated high school. Yeah. Uh, you made a promise to yourself. You're like, well, no one's coming to save me, so it may as well just be me. That's right. And that's when you decided, like, I'm going to make something different than my, than my family has made, than my mother has made, than my father has made, than everyone basically you knew yep. had made. Yeah. That is a big decision. Honestly, dude, that's a lot of pressure for an 18-year-old kid. 
can you go back there emotionally? Do you go back there at times to that 18 year old kid who was like full of fire and wanting to do all these things? Do you ever access that part of yourself in what you do now? I do. I do. And it's, and it's interesting that you, you bring up the word pressure because I remember that like, you know, back then I used to say this saying and it was pressure is a privilege because all my life I lived under pressure. Right. I mean, we're talking, just, just picture this for a moment. We're talking, my son is 15 right now. My son is 15 and he's barely like trying to figure out how to drive. When we moved from, from New York city to California with my single mother, I was 13 years old and we needed a car because in New York, you have a lot of public transportation in California. You don't. And so I saw a for sale sign in a car and I convinced my mom to buy that car. Um, little did I know that car was a stick shift. And my mom was just such a timid woman, right? That she would just get afraid over everything. So learning how to drive the stick shift, if 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 the road was was even this much in an inclination, she'd go backwards, the clutch would pop, and like we'd be stuck there. Yeah. So I have to get out of the car and and I learned how to drive the car. Basically, I taught my mom how to drive a car. Eventually she just got tired of it. I was driving us around. So between the ages of 13 and 16 years old, I was the one driving. I was the one taking my little brother to, you know, school meetings, so forth and so on. And I just had that pressure, man, you know, and, and I grew up with this thought that pressure is a privilege, you know, and it made me so strong. Mm. And, and really it was, uh, it, it was, it was a mask that I was wearing, quite frankly. I didn't realize it, but it was a mask that I was wearing to, to, to help protect me from a lot of the pain that I was feeling that I didn't know that I was feeling by not having my dad around, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and by being in that pressure situation and, and by having my childhood basically robbed from me, you know, uh, taken from me. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Paradox. When, when I came to your house and we were recorded for your show, the one thing that I kept feeling was paradox. Like pressure is good, but too much pressure can actually break a soul. So there's this fine balance, man. We're like, yes, we need pressure. Like, like some part of us needs pressure to grow. Yeah. But if we're going to awaken, there has to be this sweet spot right. of enough pressure, right. but not so much pressure that it breaks down our physicality and it makes us angry at God because why would God make life this hard? Right. What do you make of that? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a journey. You know, I think it's a journey. And I think for all of us, what happens is that the further and further we go on the journey, the further and further we realize all of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that we thought and we held on to for so long because we knew they were true. You start to realize that what happens is everything that you thought was true was true because you experienced pain in your life and that pain drove and created that truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and pressure is a privilege is one of those truths that I taught where now it's like, I don't really like pressure, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I deal well with it when I need to, uh -huh. but I like chilling, man. Like you asked me this yeah. morning, what'd you do this morning? I was like, I got up, I went on a walk, I went and had some sun life, and now I'm here. Mm. And I, I like living life like that, you know? Yeah. And and there's and there's a balance in that because I want to do big things in the world, obviously, but I will I will never give up my freedom. I'll never give up my time. I'll never give up my ability to call life on my own shots for that goal and for that vision. So mm. you, you, it's this balance of you being very clear with what you want and yet allowing you through your trust in yourself and your trust in the universe to bring it to you versus you going out and forcing it to happen. Yeah, no doubt. You know La what I mean? Last year, uh, what I let die last year, I actually caught like five to 10 minutes of your solo cast that you did 
uh, like, what are you asking about 2023 and what did you let go of and let die in 2022? Yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, what I let die was this forcefulness. Now, just because I choose to let something die, like I make a declaration. So I decide that in 2023, my declaration is that I no longer operate from forcefulness. In 2022, I let go of the word wellness force, which was the previous name of the podcast. And so now the podcast is wellness and wisdom, which you know, but the, the forcefulness as a man, especially as an entrepreneur with your background and with everything you've been through, think about how forcefulness did drive you for so long and it created massive fucking results. Yeah. Almost a billion dollars or more in your real estate company at one point was being transacted. Yeah. That's not something that just kind of floats into your life. You have to drive for something like that. So how do you balance the forcefulness in your life now? And how do you have such the chill? How do you do that? Is it because you created the mountain, you climbed to the top of it, and now you're afforded that luxury of choice? Or could it have been different? Yeah, I think think that's a great question. I think number one is a knowing, right? It's a knowing that once you've climbed that mountain... I think there's something that happens inside of you that, you know, quite frankly, you give yourself this gift of knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to find a way and you're going to find a way to create and become whatever it is that you want to become in life. Mm-hmm. And and I think, my God, man, when I hear we get hundreds of messages on Instagram, hundreds of messages. And, and most of them, what I realize is that people haven't yet understood that. Because for the most part, people are living in this energy where, you know, it was that 18-year-old version of myself mm-hmm. where I was, I, I I realized no one's coming. Like literally no one is coming to save me. It's me. It's my mom. It's my two little brothers. I, I literally remember like looking outside and I was like, well, shit, man, I, if we're ever going get to get out of this ghetto, I got to, I'm going to have to make it happen. Yeah. Right. And I don't think a lot of people have ever risked right? Because risk is scary. I don't think people have allowed themselves the gift of risking, risking to go out and provide for themselves more than what they're able to provide for themselves right now. You know, risking and 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 receiving the gift of seeing that risk pay off and risking and receiving the gift of getting knocked down mm-hmm. by that risk. Yes. Because all of it is okay because all of it helps you grow. You know, all of it helps you grow. And so what I do now in my life is I, number one, I know I, I, I'm at a place in my life and in my subconscious belief system where I literally know that anything I want to manifest is coming. It's just a matter of time and it's just a matter of circumstance, right? It's all coming. Number two, um, I play a game with myself, right? And again, this takes supreme trust in yourself and in the universe, but I've done enough work and I've, I, I, I believe the word truth is what's coming to me, right? I, I've, I've accepted enough truth about who we are as human beings to where I'm also able to let go. I'm able to let go, right? And where once I forced everything, which by the way, yes, you can be successful that way, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a cost to that. Um, now I'm able to let go and I'm able to let things just flow into my life. And then when I need to push a little, I'll push a little, but before I push myself, I push my team. Mm. And I think that's really important. I push and I empower them, right? Because we pay them a lot of money, right? We pay them a lot of money. And and quite frankly, we want to give them that gift. And then I push myself. So I come last in the equation where before I was first. 
Big shout out to Paleo Valley, the creators of the best tasting world-class fermented beef and turkey sticks that I eat literally on a daily basis. I'm not joking. My son, Nova, he's almost two years old. He typically is seen in the back of my truck holding on to the beef stick asking for another one. (laughs) This kid loves beef sticks and it's no surprise because there's part of his little enteric nervous system that is signaling him to get all the good stuff that fermented beef and turkey provides, not to mention the high quality protein, but also that natural fermentation process. Science has shown that it can improve the gut brain axis by providing a higher level of positive bacterial flora in your gut, which means a healthier brain, essentially. Pick up a pack for yourself and your family. My son loves the maple beef sticks. I love the turkey ones, personally. Pick up whatever flavor makes your mouth water the most for a quick, healthy, nutritious snack at joshtrent.com forward slash paleo valley. Use the code josh, J-O-S-H, to get 15% off your order. That's joshtrent.com forward slash paleo valley. Use code josh to save 15% off your order. Then when you love it, Just tell your friends so they can eat good and feel good too. The letting go thing is interesting because when one is trained to hold on, because that's what gave the success, letting go is a skill. Like in order to really let go, you have to have the faculty, you have to have the trust, you have to have the courage to be able to deal with what happens if when you let go, you get bloody. Like that's a big one. So there's some part of your psyche that you had to train. Like give us the truth, man. What was the part of your psyche that you had to train to be able to deal with the times where when you had the courage and you got bloody, that you could still handle it, that you would be okay? Well, two parts. Number one, I'll go back to when I was running the company. And, you know, people, like like what I told you before we got started filming, it got to a space where running a real estate company for me, even though it provided me money, it was like, it was it was just, it was no longer my path, you know? And I clearly understood that. And things would start happening, like I would notice, like people would come into my life, right? They joined the company, a real estate agent. Let's say you're a real estate agent, you would come to me, you'd be dead broke. Dead broke, not able to afford food, just bad, right? And then you'd come to me and you look me in the eye and say, please help me, I want to make more money. I, I, I want to do what you're doing. And then I go, cool. And I'd pour my heart and soul into you. And I literally 24 months later, you'd be making two, $300,000 more money and then you'd take off and bounce and leave. And that was like the story of my life for so so many times. Like if you go to Southern California right now, half the brokers and half the top agents, like we we helped create them, you know? Um, and and I take ownership for a lot of that because my personality was so big and so forceful back then that I think I drove them out. But I also think that that forcefulness is what helped them. So it's like, it's like a, a double-edged sword, yeah, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what I learned in that experience is I learned that even when, you know, like my CFO would leave or whatever would happen, I learned that I would always find a way to make it okay, right? After after you get knocked down enough and you pick yourself back up, you realize, oh my God, you know, if I already know that I'm always going to find a way to make it happen, then why do I even waste any energy or time when I, when I get bloodied? Mm-hmm, why not just mm-hmm. understand that it's just part of the learning process? And why don't I see it, instead of maybe getting bloodied, why don't I see it as, as a gift, as a gift that is going to teach me something in the future, right, in my journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first part. But then the second part is, you know, once once my mom passed away and I started on my spiritual journey is, you know, deep, deep journeys with plant medicine, you know, for me. And, and I say this, I think if I'm proudest of anything in my life, you know, I, I, I've watched and I've seen people who have, who have probably journeyed 
three to four times more than me. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think sometimes the medicine will teach you the lesson. And I don't know that that many people have the courage to actually like go all into that lesson and apply that lesson at whatever cost. Dude, I disagree. The medicine opens the door. Life is the lesson. People are either living that lesson in life or not. But without that access to the door, you probably wouldn't even know the lesson exists. Well, well, let me give you an example. I'll give you an example. I remember one time we were sitting with ayahuasca, right? We're sitting with ayahuasca and a friend comes up with me. A friend comes up and says, hey. So I got to talk to you. And I go, yeah, what's up? He said, Ayahuasca told me I shouldn't be around so-and-so anymore. And I go, mom, well, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know, man. Ayahuasca told me that so-and-so uh, manipulates and takes advantage of people who have once struggled with uh, addiction. Mm. And I can see how that is happening in my life. I feel that energy in my life. And I go, something there for you. Maybe you should listen, right? Two weeks later, I see a picture on Facebook with them hanging out. So this is an example sure. of what I mean, that a lot of times yeah. the medicine will show you, hey, look, this is going on in your life. You need to address this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where like, and, and you know this because you wouldn't be where you are today if you wouldn't, but like, man, I'm scared. <laughs> like, you know, it's a healthy, it's a healthy fear. Like if, if I'm given a message like that, I, I don't care the cost. I'm going to go into that lesson. Mm -hmm. I don't care who I have to let go of. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what I have to become because, because I want the growth out of it. And I think for some people, it's like, I don't know that going to the ultimate space of truth is what they are necessarily looking for. You know, it's like they'll go in, but then they'll bounce right out because, because life is comfortable. And I think you got to learn how to get uncomfortable, man. I really do. <laughs> I think about how many times in my life I've been uncomfortable. That's the only thing that's allowed me to have any level of success. And even the success that I visualize in the future, like you were talking about the baseball stadium that you want to fill. Like when you have big dreams and when you really grab life, it's a bucking bronco. It can be really gnarly. And I think sometimes people get confused, like per career, purpose, money, it's not that spiritual. Like I have spirituality in one little hole and I have my career in the other, but th th there's a bridge. You've got to build this bridge. We all have to build this bridge. And you talk about this on your website. You say that you're the bridge between business and spirituality. So what, what is that bridge? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I can honestly say this. I can say that my first go around, I remember this, man. We used to have, you know, I think six or seven offices, 400 realtors, you know, 30, 30 employees, whatever the case may be. And I remember, you know, in my old forceful ways, like we were about to hit a billion in sales and I saw it, I saw it coming. Right. And I kept going for it and going for it. And, and, and we would be stuck at like half a billion and 750 million, whatever the case may be. And then what I started doing is for three years, I started putting up banners. So at headquarters, I put up a billion dollar banner, like a thermometer, right? Yeah. And then what I would do is I would give each office the assignment of what they were responsible for. So every office and all of the agents in that office had a thermometer, right? So one office was like, you know, do a close a hundred million in deals, you know, whatever the case may be. So they would all add up to 1 billion. But I can honestly say this, you know what the purpose of the goal was? The purpose of the goal was me feeling incredible, me feeling powerful, me feeling like I was the man, me feeling like I was better than everybody else, me getting validation, me, mm -hmm. me, me having fame, me, me doing all of these things that the world tells you that like you as a man need. Right. And I can honestly say this and, and 
and I, and I, and again, I'm. I don't want to use the word proud, but I, if I'm proud of anything, is that anything from this point point forward that we grow in, the purpose is to help humanity heal and awaken. Like if if you could take a microscope and like look into my heart, you would know that that is the purpose. The outcome, the outcome are twofold. Number one, people get awakened. People start the process of self-actualization. People start to realize like, oh my God, there's more to life, right? People get to heal their relationships, their money, their finances, their health, their bodies, whatever the case may be. And then for me, I believe as a result of that work is I get blessed financially because it's the energy exchange, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have, when you get to the space where you finally realize that money is just God's reward for the value that you're bringing to humanity, right? And you no longer are doing something for money. You are genuinely, and I, 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 I can't stress this enough, you're genuinely, there's nothing inside of you that like is doing what you're doing for money, but you're genuinely doing it to help people and the money is a byproduct. I, I just think you flow, man. I think when people flow. get to the, to the, I guess you could say awareness or the awakening that you've had, it's easy for them to vibrationally connect with you and what you just said. Mm. But I can tell, cause I can always feel when someone's talking, like I can almost visualize and feel the people watching or listening with us. A lot of people, when you just said what you said, they were like, well, it's easy for him. It's easy for him to say that a billion dollars in sales, retired from real estate in this space that you are right now. It's not that you're a guru on the hill. You're not like people that are listening or people that are not as experienced. They're not down here and you're not up there. It's no. just the path and you're further along the path because you've gone through the learning curves of how to do it. So what would you, if you were to turn back around and put a hand out to them and say, hey, I know what I just said may not vibrationally be a match for you at your level of consciousness that you're at right now. What could you offer them that would allow them to walk further on the path and maybe suffer less as they walk? Yeah, man, that's a beautiful question. And, and, I, and, I, and I smile because I think of myself 10 years ago. Myself 10 years ago, if you would have said those words, I would have been like this. Uh-huh. 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 Okay, let's go make some money and let's go buy a car. <laughs> like, 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 as, like, as, like as beautiful as that sounded. Yeah. Like, like it's like, and, yeah. and here's the thing, man. It's like, it's one thing to get it here. And then you know this, it's another thing to get it here, right? And so I would tell anybody who's listening that maybe, you know, said something like it's easy for you to say or whatever the case may be, I would, I would say you're right. I would say you're right. Mm. Because, because truth is what you believe truth is, right? When you think something is true, it's true. And when you think something is wrong, it's, it's wrong, right? And so who am I to debate that or to say anything? All I can say is stay with that. Stay with that truth. And just yet, if you, you know, if you want to entertain what I said for a second, just allow it to permeate in your heart and soul and allow it to do what it needs to do with you. And in time, when your heart is ready to receive it, and when your journey has taken you to that space, you'll go, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Because yeah. I because I used to hear this stuff back in the day, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't getting through here. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't getting through here because this was all guarded up, yeah. right? And Ram Das said something once that really helped change my path, quite frankly. He he changed my life when he said this. He said, he said, you know, if if the heart isn't ready to receive the message, then the mind will simply fight it. Right? 
because sometimes I catch myself like there's so much that I want to say and there's so much that I want to share with people, you know, about a lot of things in life. But, but then I got to think back to where I was and my heart wasn't ready to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when my heart wasn't ready to receive it, what did I do? I fought it. Case in point was ayahuasca. 13 years ago, I heard about ayahuasca. You know, a friend of mine told me about ayahuasca. I didn't even let him say the word. I, I was fighting it. That's the devil. That is evil. That's the worst thing you could ever do. You're a sinner. Flee from me, Satan. Mm -hmm. and you know, like mm -hmm. true, true story. That's because I was so convicted in, in my beliefs at the time, right? And so, again, that's why I have compassion for people because I was that guy, right? I was that guy. And so all I would say is eventually, if you want to discover the truth, the truth about who you are, the truth about your potential, the truth about life, about possibility, you go on the journey. Mm. You go on the journey and little by little life, right? Will give you the medicine that you need in order to experience the truth that you need to experience in this timeline. So it sounds like the bridge between spirituality and business is truth, but truth for self because there's the objective truth. Like it's, we all know objectively that like hurting children is wrong. That's an objective truth, right? Yeah. We all know that murder for the sake of murder, if you're defending yourself and you have to, that's a different thing. But there are certain bricks or, or I guess you could say planks in this bridge between spirituality and business that the world has got all fucking wrong. Yeah, man. Because we are glorifying people that are like multimillionaires, but meanwhile, they don't talk to their kids. They're on their third marriage. They are their health is terrible. They're not actually a happy person, but they've amassed all this quote wealth. There is this, there's an ingredient list, I guess you could say for the bridge. What are some of those ingredients that you found along the way? And if you could go back and change them, would you even, because it made you the man that you it are, made me who I am. So you had to go through the forcefulness and the I temperature dial on the wall at the, at the office. Like had you had to do all that yeah, in man. order to become more awakened because it's yeah. almost like your ego needed that pressure yeah. to crack and fissure. So what are some of the other building blocks or ingredients in that bridge between business and spirituality? Yeah. So I would say, first off, I was that guy, you know, I, I was that guy who, you know, was really, really successful. Who was, at, who was at the top of the hill. I was the guy who, you know, all the friends would come over to his house and he had all the tequila and the barbecue and the big house. I was that guy. And yet um, I was massively overweight. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now, um, but I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I went to the gym every day, so I, I just thought this was normal, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I was chasing success and fame and materialism, but I didn't know it because everybody was. So I was in the energy of that, right? And I was massively unhappy and, and unhappily married, quite frankly, but I didn't know it because I just thought, well, you know, I'm stuck. This is the rest of my life. I guess this is just how people live, you know? And honest to God, like that's what I thought back then. And so I, I think that if you want to bridge the gap between spirituality and business, I think the first thing you got to ask yourself is why, right? Like what is the main motivation of what you do and why you do it? And I think you got to go deep. And again, if I would have asked my 10-year younger self that, it would have been to help people bullshit. No, it was to help yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's number one. And I don't expect anybody who hasn't done the, the work 
to understand that. I'm just being honest with myself so that maybe it'll it'll give you some insights. Like I was that guy. I was that guy who would say, I want to do this to help other people. But bullshit. I was, I was, I was in it for me. I was in it for me. So I think number one is you have to address why you're doing what you're doing, right? And I think that slowly you got to get into a space where you're able to let go of whatever you need to let go of to allow you to truly come from a space of this is your life's work, right? This is just who you are. And that's when it becomes effortless. And that's when the exchange of money becomes effortless as well. Number two, I think you got to get a very healthy relationship with money. Um, I was the guy, it's so interesting. I'll tell you a quick story. I was in Dubai. I was in Dubai. I, I never in my life thought I would go to Dubai. Um, Dubai is a little over the top flashy for me. So the energy of it from my perception is just not where I want to be. Mm -hmm. But um, Jen's family uh, goes to Abu Dhabi every year. And so they do this every year, this trip where they go out there, so forth and so on. And I was the guy that whenever there was like an evening event, I had the custom suit, I had the pocket square, I had the finest clothing, whatever the case may be. And I caught myself because that was like such a long time ago for me. I caught myself New Year's Eve, like I'm in this blue shirt, right? That it it's like new, but it barely fits. It feels uncomfortable for me. I'm not in a jacket and I'm like, Man, it's been a while. And it's because I genuinely don't care. I, I wear a black t-shirt every day now, right? I genuinely don't care what the world thinks of me when it comes to that sort of stuff, right? So when you get to that space, then you don't need money for that anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's very, very powerful is that for most people, they don't realize this, but the deep underlying reason why they want money is because the world tells them that they need to buy certain things, own certain things and look a certain way. Look at women, right? Look at what's happening with our beautiful women who are injecting their mouths, who are altering their bodies, who are changing their faces. Why is that? Um, and ladies, I love you, but it's because you're not happy with yourself. Because when you're truly happy with yourself, you do not alter yourself because you love yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. When my little gray hair started popping up, I was like, I got gray hair. But I got some friends that they like, they paint their hair every month, <laughs> every month. And, and quite honestly, they're not my friends anymore because yeah. that energy eventually, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh, you know? And the guy does the same thing because a, a guy wants to lead with, you know, his cars and his success, right? So for as long as that is your secret motivation for money, then your business isn't a spiritual business. Mm, this it's, is so, that's- it, It's a self-serving business. That is beautiful because I fell into that trap where I was in scarcity. Like if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, I was just like, how do I pay rent? Like 2015, I was making barely any money. I was $75,000 in debt. I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do. And every decision I made had the flavor or the essence of that scarcity. And I didn't know it at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, I have compassion for that person because he was literally just doing what he needed to do at the level of consciousness he was at. So to flip it on you, when you look back, and I don't know exactly what age this might be, did you have a moment where you were like feeling nauseous about the way you had been, about the truth you had believed, and you knew that from that day forward or from that time forward, things were going to be different? Was there a turning point for you where you were like, okay, no more of this? This doesn't feel like me anymore. My soul is calling me in this direction. Well, I'll tell you two things. I'll tell you that moment, then I'll tell you the trigger that caused the unraveling that led to that moment. 
first, my mom passed away, right? Which which was, you know, in many ways, now I understand it. I understand the the contract that we had when we came here. I understand everything that had happened the way that it happened. But when my mom passed away, and I, I actually was the one that held her in my arms, you know, as she died, mm. um, the way that she passed away from, um, from from cancer, and how much she she loved and gave to the church, right? It it all just seems so unfair to me. But again, I understand that it needed to be unfair to me to get me as angry as I was, because I was angry, man. I was angry at God. I was angry at the church. I was angry at, at at everybody. But for my energy back then, anger is what fueled me, right? So it's kind of beautiful because God knew exactly what I was going to need. God knew I was going to have to get angry in order to find the truth, right? And so in that moment, I just started asking myself, whoa, hang on a second. Like, like here's somebody that was at church every single weekend and probably two to three times a week. And yet the way I saw it back then was, and then when like God, when she needed God, God didn't show up for her. And that really angered me, right? Obviously I understand everything now, but that that really angered me. But it angered me so much that it caused me to ask some serious questions. First about my relationship, right? I had to be honest with myself and I had to ask myself, are, are you happy? And the answer was no, I, I never was. And And I can honestly say, man, is that like, when when I decided to get, I'll take it back to as, as early as 16 or 17 years old. Like I always knew in my life that I was like a one woman kind of guy, right? And yet because of my wounding and because of not feeling love in my heart when I was a little boy, I wanted a family and I wanted to be married, right? And you got to be careful, guys, if you're out there and you're single, because whenever you want something so bad for the wrong reason, you're actually going to get yourself in a pretty tough spot. So what I found was that I wanted this thing called marriage. I didn't necessarily want the girl. Does, does that make sense? <laughs> like I, you wanted I, the picture of it, I, but I, you I, didn't I, want the woman of it. But, but but you know what? And 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 to and to my ex wife's credit, like she knows it by the way. Like I, I love her still to this day. I love her. Mm. But but if I'm honest with and she is as well, it's like both of us felt that because she also wanted the same thing. So it was like these two souls who wanted out of the current reality attracted each other, right? And yet, like, if we're both honest, we could remember back to like when we were dating. I remember the signs where I was like, this isn't gonna work, but I made it work. I forced it to work, brother, the same way I forced my business to work. 13 years later, I'm at a place where it's like, if I'm being honest with myself, like, I'm not happy. Wait a minute, do I even have the right to be unhappy? Mm. But wait a minute, but like, you know, I, I can't get out of this. Like I I I I'm I, I made vows. What like this is kids? important to me. What about the kids? What mm. about we got three beautiful babies? Like what about my business? What about my big house? All of this stuff, right? So that was the first thing. That was the trigger. But the moment for me that like changed my life forever was I was feeling what I was feeling in my heart, right? And my head knew that getting a divorce was wrong. Right? Make no mistake about it. My head knew it. But my heart, my heart also knew staying in this thing was wrong too. Because it wasn't what was feeling right for me and it wasn't what I know was good for her because if if I don't feel right within myself, I can't possibly give her the love that she deserves. And then I can't possibly show my children the love that they deserve, right? Because it all starts with me, you know? And so we go and we we go we go to this 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 pastor and we were trying our best. I was trying to get counseling. She was basically trying to like convince me to hold on. 
And I'll never forget it. The, pa- the pastor, you know, I, 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 I'll leave it as, as simply as I pos- possibly can. But the pastor looked at me and he was like trying everything. He was trying everything to convince me in my mind, right, that what my heart was feeling was wrong. To try to keep me in this paradigm that has been created called marriage, right? Which is a choice, by the way. It's a choice, right? And and he said something to me. He said, and he said, and it's like if he had like, he was like loading up like his armor, his, his, his gun, and he finally found the silver bullet. Because he knew me. He knew I was a really motivated guy. He knew I was a big thinker, right? He goes, it, I go like that. He didn't do that. But it's like if he did this energy. I got it. He said, if you make this decision right now, you will lose all of God's blessings in your life. That's what he said. He said those words to me. And as I sat there, I thought to myself, right? I thought to myself, I don't know what this is, but this is not love this feels a little like guilt a little like manipulation and trust me i wish i could be the man that she needs me to be and i wish i could give her the love that she deserves to have but i know in my heart that i can't do that and for the first time in my life i gotta start listening to myself i I gotta start living for for me, for this truth, even though I don't know what it is, I, I, I got to start paying attention, right? And that's when the journey began for me, man. Who did she need you to be that you couldn't be? Someone that loved her. So you found that you didn't love her then or you never loved her? I never loved her the way that she deserved to be loved, no. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know, bro. Because of the forcefulness or because of because your of, child wounding? No, like, what was it? Yeah, well, first off, I don't think anybody can love anybody until they love themselves. <laughs> Amen. Right? So, yeah. so. Ain't that, so, ain't that real. And, and again, I think it's very careful. I, I think we got to all be very careful. Listen, whatever you're going through in your relationship, right? Uh, mm. Which is kind of interesting. And now I talk about relationships when relationship is like one of my karmas. Relationship is one of the things that I'm not the greatest at, right? But I think it's it's kind of interesting the way God works, right? But. I'll say this much. Whenever, you, whenever you're in a situation in your relationship, right, the easiest thing for human beings to do is to point and to blame somebody else, right? They do this. They don't do this, whatever the case may be. They're not changing, whatever the case may be. I, I got to a space where I realized, right, that I was the one that was causing everything in my life. And I accepted personal responsibility for everything in my life. And so what I took responsibility for was the fact that back when I decided to get married, I wasn't in love with another person as much as I was in love with the idea of success that I had painted in my mind. Successful business leads to get married, leads to have children, leads to white picket fence, leads to happily ever after, leads to everybody likes me. And that was my truth. I remember I heard George Carlin say, the only reason that the American dream is real is your eyes have to be closed in order for you to see it. Like in other words, the reality that we try to force or make the marriage, the picket fence, the kids, the business, it doesn't always align when our eyes are closed. When we're laying in bed at night, That's right. maybe for those 13 years, when you were like laying in bed multiple nights and you put your hand in your heart, you're like, God, I really don't love this woman. I can't love her in the way that I want to love her. The amount of courage it takes to leave that behind the structure, the kids, the love, everything like that, that is only earned by experience. Like 
wisdom I feel, and I'm learning more about wisdom now than ever because my second baby's on the way. I'm a father. So like kids will bring you to your knees, sleep deprivation, the house being dirty, like, you know, sacrifice, sacrifice upon sacrifice, but it's so worth it because they bring you down to a speed that life intended. And they allow, I think some of the wisdom you've been accessing when you talk about when you feel it in your heart, it might be different than in your head. Yeah. You know, the, the <clears throat> mind, if the mind doesn't understand something and the heart doesn't understand something, well, then the mind will frantically race to understand it so that it can force the heart to understand it. But the heart's wisdom and the mind's wisdom are so different, man. They're yeah. so separate. Yeah. There is something that you said, and I, and I want to ask you this a little bit deeper. I know you said you're not like a relationship expert and it might not be the number one thing, but business and this bridge between spirituality and, and money there, there is a core component of how I have a relationship with myself. That's right, bro. How I have a relationship with women and friends. That is actually what shows up on the bridge between spirituality and money. So it, has there been something about yourself that you've had to learn to love and accept so that you could be truly successful? Because I think success is when you're loved, when you're at peace, and when you're powerful. I think you can have all three. Yeah. Did you have to love a certain part of yourself where before you literally had no idea how to do it? That's a good question. I'm, think, I, I'm thinking of my own while I yeah, ask you right I don't, now. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if there was a part of myself that I had mm. to love so much as there was just myself. Like, I'll give you this example. And, you know, I, I keep referencing ceremonies oh. because that's where some of my deepest work happened up until I met Jen in this new relationship that I am, that I'm in. Um, but I remember one ceremony, man. I only took one cup. And I took one cup and geez, Louise, that one cup was enough. And things got so rough for me, right? That I went out and I, this, it was about 20 of us in my house and, and, and I went out into my backyard and the, and the moon was, it was a full moon, right? And I'm looking up and like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the moon and, and I'm seeing some other things, but um, I'm seeing the moon. And I remember the medicine said, this is all about you. And she made me like, bro, it was like this, 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 like this, this pressure in here. And every time I wanted to think about, you know, speaking or helping somebody else or whatever, she says, uh-uh, let's go into you. And you know what I did? I was like, I don't want to go into me. I, I don't want to. That's do what you this. said to That's her. what I said to the I medicine. don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Because you see, what happens is so often in life, what right? Whether it's success or fame or relationships or even or even helping other people, that could be a thing too. It's a scapegoat, right? It's a scapegoat for you not dealing with your own shit. Yeah. It's a scapegoat for you not going into yourself. And I remember that ceremony, man. She made me lay there what was for probably 30 minutes, but you know, time is an illusion. It felt like for five hours and I was laying there like this, <gasps> like bro, like this for like four hours. Like, please, please. Like, I, I want this to stop. I want this to stop. Like I, I, I literally was like, I, I wish I never took this stuff. I wish I never did any of this. Right. It was, it was one of those. It was like, it was like an initiation is what it really was mm. because she made me sit with me, right. With, with me undistracted. Mm. And that's, that's the lowest I had ever felt in my life because that experience was so humbling to me. It was so humbling that I didn't even feel like speaking anymore. Like I didn't even feel worthy of communication anymore, which is my, my, what I do, 
you know? And she made me meet, feel, sit with, uncover, and love myself in a way that was so profound that like life changed after that. Life completely changed after that. And, and I'll tell you what happened. I remember I used to go to church all the time and I used to beg God. I was like, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to and I'd, and I'd be praying as hard as I can. I'd be like looking to the left, looking to the right. And it's like, well, I, I, what do I got to do? What do I got to do, right? I, in that moment, man, my life changed because the next morning I realized what had happened was I had let go. I had let go of all external factors and I just sat with me. And that next morning I woke up out of bed and I was, I was, I got so emotional and I literally stood there and it was the most beautiful experience of my life, of my life. I felt God's love literally just picture like a, like a thick white, like, like oval, yeah. whatever lights, like, whatever like beam, <laughs> beam come mm -hmm. down on my head and through my body. And I just stood there crying like, <sighs> cause it, you, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the love. I couldn't handle the pureness of it. You know, you know what I mean? And so, so yeah, man, if you ask me, it's, it wasn't parts of me. It was all of me. Mm. It was all of me and all of God, you know? Yeah. I wish that we could take that story that you told and, and put it in the pocket of so many people that are 18, 19, 20, 21, because I do think it's possible to grow from contrast. And I think for some people it's their contract, but I don't think for everyone. In other words, not everyone has to struggle and feel self-hatred and have torment and trauma and all these things. We make meaning of it that way, Danny, Yeah, right? Like things happen for us and it's like, okay, well, what meaning am I making from this? But I think that's actually a head trick that we use to make the heart feel safe. And so I know that for some people like that have had sexual abuse or emotional abuse or just like terrible, terrible things happen, they're with us and they're feeling like, okay, how do I make sense of this whole thing? It, it may be ceremony. It may not be. I'm not, I'm not either for nor against ayahuasca or medicines. I think right. that they have a time and a place and if people are called great. Yeah. But I think that there's, there's a certain part of just mystery that has to be honored here where you have a certain life path. I have a certain life path. How can we walk side by side, not in competition for one another? but actually just sharing wisdom. That's what this show is all about. Like what is the wisdom that you've learned in your life up to yeah. this point yeah. that you honestly could give to your lower self yeah. to learn from the highest self in such a shorter time frame? Oh, what is that wisdom? It's simple is that we're all one. We're all one because in any circumstance or situation that a human being has been through, there are components of what another human being has been through. Even though one may seem worse than the other or whatever the case may be, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I realized that when I did this, this eye gazing, this eye gazing thing, um, I was in Costa Rica and I did this eye gazing, I don't know if you want to call it like a workshop or ceremony or whatever. But what, what they said was, um, they said, you know, pick the one person. I was at a retreat. Pick the one person who rubs you the wrong way. <laughs> I've done this before. You've done this before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was funny because uh, yeah. I, I went like this and it was like, and he looked at me and I looked you at him. You guys do it immediately. You, like you, like, come yeah. here, right? And so, and so he sits in front of me and, he, and I, now, now check this out. Check this out. 
He was a completely op. He was the opposite of me. He was the opposite of me. He was um, com- physically, emotionally, spiritually, the way he dressed, everything. Right. He was like deeper on the path than I was back then. Right. I was mm-hmm. still in my ego, you know, and he was just. Uh, more enlightened, but yet there was something about him that rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah. if I think about it now, you know what it was? It was that I knew that that would be my future self someday, right? That that freedom that he had, I wanted, but it also, it was a mirror for me, right? And so, and that I think I rubbed him the wrong way because I was probably his old self, you know? That's the sure, way it happens, sure. right? So sure enough, we sit in front of each other and uh, and we have to eye gaze with each other. And then they ask us these questions like, you know, tell each other about each other. And he tells me the story. And he tells me the story about how he lost his parents in a car accident. And um, since he was five years old, he was alone or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. And dude, I'm telling you, man, like, as he's telling me the story, I'm like, that's my story. It maybe didn't happen when I was five. And it maybe my dad is still here, but he's not here. He's not in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment, it was like, I was looking at his eyes, bro, and I was like, oh my God, you're me. Like, you're literally me. And the parts of you that were rubbing me the wrong way are the parts of me that I have yet to discover or the parts of me that I don't like about me. And the parts of me that were rubbing you the wrong way are the parts of you that you have yet to discover or heal or the parts of you that are rubbing you the wrong way. So we were mirroring for each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when I got that, it blew my mind. And I'm telling you, bro, Josh, that wasn't a this thing. That was a this thing. That was a this thing, right? In that moment, I gave him a hug and we're both crying, right? And that's the beauty of life and that's the beauty of like doing this work because like 20 minutes earlier, we were like, we, we didn't like each other. Yeah. And here we are, like, we're brothers now. And we will never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment for my life, for the rest of my life. But but if I were to tell anybody one piece of advice, one piece of advice is that we're all the same. We're all one. And everyone you have an argument with, everyone you have a disagreement with, everyone you don't like, everyone that you are mad at, everything that you're, everyone you're holding a grudge at, you're holding a grudge at yourself. I share something with you too, and it's this, um, I guess you could say, contrasted relationship with the father. And I know recently you went on a trip, right, with your kids and you saw your dad. And yeah. did you talk about that at the event to the crowd? Or was that I just did. personal for I you? Did, yeah. 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 What, did, what did you share with the You share with us what that was like, because I know that he was gone. And my dad has been gone as well. He, he still, to this point, hasn't made any efforts to want to be a part of Nova's life or even meet my partner or anything like that. And I, and I went through these stages, you know, the Hawkins scale of emotions, right. Where I started at like apathy and then despair. And then I went to acceptance and then above acceptance, I was like, okay, what can I inspiredly do to heal myself? And I went and did a vision quest and which we talk about in your podcast. And so I'm thinking for you, like the journey with you and your father, it, it, it was part of the fuel that made you successful. So in a way it's a beautiful gift, man. But in the, but on the other side of it, the, the healing that you've done because of it, it allows you to share that with others. You see, man, and that's why I tell everybody. And again, not everybody's willing or ready to accept this. And not everybody has looked, look, it, it requires courage to accept what I'm about to say, but it's all a gift. 
it's all a gift, no matter how bad it was. Get out, Danny. <laughs> no matter. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. I dude. know nobody wants to hear that. But like, if you if you think about it, it's like everything you've been through in your life was a gift to get you to where it is that you had to go to become the version of yourself that you are destined to become. But you got to stop and like realize that, right? And so for me, what happened was I remember I was on stage. I was I was doing an event. And, and at that particular event, there were like 1500 people there at that one. Cause that's the one where Kobe was there. Right. And it was this big crowd and it was, it was, it was, it was a part of my, that's when I was like, just starting my journey. I was just starting. Right. And it, clear as day, I see all these people and, and I, and I hear, you know, you're never going to be the man that you are intended to be or help them be who they're intended to be. If you don't forgive your father. And I was like, where the I? How did that come from? And and you know what I said? I said, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I have every right to be mad. I have every right. You know, I he he wasn't around. He didn't yada, yada, yada. And I listed out all the reasons, right? And then little by little, I just like, as the from that day on, it's like something started happening inside of me where I just started to get it. I just started to get it. And as life, like you say, becomes the journey, Right. I just started to understand. I started to understand that number one, everything was a gift because it got me here. It got me here. Who knows if maybe he would have been present, I would have been dismotivated. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows if maybe he was in my life, I, 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 I would have been this resourceful. Who knows? Who knows if he was in my life, if I would have handled pressure this way. As a matter of fact, I can tell you the answer is no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't, right? Because I would have had somebody there to turn to. Like I literally don't have anyone to turn to. And I remember once when I would say that, that would like, oh my God, I don't have anybody to turn to. Now it's like, it's okay. It's okay. That's just, that's that's my path. But you you've know? gone through an intelligent grieving process in yeah, order to man. get there. Like, yeah. I, I think people might hear you say that and they're like, oh, it's a light switch. I'll just forgive. No, 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 Forgiveness no, 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 ain't no, no, a light no, no, switch. No. Like there's a process. There's a process. To get in there. So what was yeah. that like for you and your dad? I hope you're loving this podcast as much as I am. And I want you to hear this really quick break about hunger pains and really the hunger hormone ghrelin. A lot of what I've dealt with in my own life personally has been erratic hunger signaling because of blood sugar issues from childhood and adolescence. And diet and exercise have helped, yet cravings for food that maybe you can relate to, you get up at night and you're hungry for maybe no reason. This is a breakthrough product for you to heal this appetite signaling abnormality. It's called exogenous ketones, specifically ketone IQ, from my friends over at HVMN, otherwise known as Health Via Modern Nutrition. Now these exogenous ketones, scientists have shown to lower appetite signaling to turn down the volume of the hunger hormone ghrelin. Now, why is this important? It's important because a lot of times what stimulates your central nervous system, like coffee, also has an unfortunate byproduct that makes you very, very hungry a few hours later, especially at night. If you've been doing intermittent fasting or if you've been drinking a lot of caffeine and then all of a sudden hours later, you could tear the head off a bowl, well, it's probably because you are exhausted and you need to eat, but you blunted your hormone signaling by doing too much stimulation. When you drink coffee, when you have caffeine, it blocks adenosine, and then you're ramping up stress chemicals, which eventually everything has to come home to roost. What if there's a better way than this up and down feeling of hunger and starvation and hunger and starvation? There is a better way. It's by taking these exogenous ketones. Now, ketones are already produced naturally by the body in a fasted state, but who wants to fast all the time? Not me. 
And it's a powerful way for all of us to get the benefits of fasting without actually stopping food consumption. You can still eat food and get ketones. Think about it as a way to retrain your insulin, your ghrelin, and your body for greater satiation or satiety so that you can feel well all day long and have a baseline of energy all day long. Science also shows that exogenous ketones can suppress inflammatory pathways. There's medical applications. There's high-performance endurance athletes, as well as the U.S. government that's paid out millions of dollars to HBMN for special operations. If it's good enough for everyone else, it's absolutely good enough for you. It's something I take on a daily basis. It helps me tremendously. Give it a shot. I think you're really going to enjoy the energy, the cognition, and the appetite suppression that you'll get from these ketones. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash HVMN. Use the code Josh to get 20% off. That's joshtrent.com forward slash HVMN. Use code Josh to save 20% off your order today. The, the, the first step was when I went, I was in Boston with my other brother and um, I decided to take a train to New York to go see him. So I went to go see him and I thought, this is my dad. He's my dad and he should want to see me. So I, I, I called him, right? And I said, I said, Papi, um, you know, I'm in New York. Let's go have lunch. And he said, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. That was his response. He said, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Like, mm. I'm good. Right. And, um, and that was his response to me. And I'm not going to lie. That one hurt me. That, that one hurt me because of my expectation. Right. I expected for him to want to see me. And then like, I went on this whole journey where it's like, you know, personal responsibility to me is a big thing. It's a really big thing because it's, it's like, it, it's what heals me. Mm. Right. And I started to realize, wait a minute, would I have been hurt if I would have ex expected it from him? And the answer was no. So then I was like, well, wait a minute, then who caused this hurt? And I'm like, oh, it wasn't him. It was me. It was me. It was my expectation and my need and my desire, right? And some people might think and go, damn, that's like radical. I I'm just sharing my story, right? Well, then the more and more that I started to heal my energy, because Ram Dass says, there's nothing that you can do for me other than work on yourself. And there's nothing that I can do for you other than work on myself. The more that I started to work on myself, dude, it was like magic. It was like little by little, he would like call me out of the blue or I would call him. And it's like little by little, like I, I still don't have a finger on how this happened. But it feels as though like as I started to heal my heart, his heart started to heal through the work that I was doing, his energy because he is me and I am and I am him. It's like it was like osmosis. Something was going on there. And like little by little, little by little, when the moment was right, it was like this 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 bridge just started, the, the gap just started getting shorter and shorter. And like, and and I started to get excited, right? So I, I started to tell all my brothers, like, hey. Hey, it's like, he's, he's nice now. And like, he wants to talk to us. And then that's when I had to realize, remember what I said earlier, right? I said, when the heart's not ready, the mind will just fight it. So my brothers weren't ready, mm. right? They weren't ready and that's okay. I had to be okay with that. So he invited me to go to Dominican Republic. I just got back. We went for, for, for Thanksgiving and it was very healing because I found out a lot about him. And I found out that my father was the way he was because his father disowned him, you know? And so how could he, what I said earlier, how could he give me the love that he never knew or never received himself, you know? And so I forgave him. And I honestly just saw him for who he is, a wounded little boy, just like I once was, you know? And so um, 
And so the, the journey was beautiful because we reconnected and I got to ask him questions about his divorce with my mother. And like, I got to feel his heart and I got to see how underneath all of that pain, he's like all of us, man, he has a heart mm. and he's crying in front of me. And I could see like, oh my God, I get it now. I get it. Like the story that I had created about my dad and about my dad not being around was completely different than the reality of what happened. And that allowed me to heal a little bit more. You know? Oh, dude, that's so, that's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful because you had the courage to do it and you also let go of any attachment of how he would behave or how he would show up. You have to. And that's the ultimate gift. And I heard a lot in what you shared. One of the things that you shared I loved is you said, when my heart started to change, it was like his heart started to change. And I can definitely relate to that in relationship. When I'm good, when I come home from work, I mean, it's not really, I mean, we're just talking, yeah, right? right? right, right. <laughs> like when I come home from loving what I do and, and, and life is good, she, her heart opens naturally. But when I come home and my heart's closed, her heart closes. That's right. And, and I think it's that same way in business too, like new partners, new sponsors. If I'm stoked on what we're doing and I come to the table with energy of like, I love this. I'm really interested in you. Like when you came today, right? I'm really genuinely curious about you. Remember when we, you interviewed me for your podcast? I was like, who is this man? Yeah. Who and, is and this guy? And by the guy? way, honestly guys, shout out to you, man, because your questions are phenomenal. And, and you took the time to do something that I didn't even realize I needed to do, which was, which was have both of us breathe. And so like, yes. there, there's this genuine, like yes. you're in this, you're in this. For so sure, kudos to you. Yeah. Kudos Thanks, to you. Dude. yeah. Yeah. Because my life has been this continuous looking back period and looking forward period of how do I live my life? Well, like that's the core question for me, man. Yeah. Ever since I was a little kid, I'm like, why do these adults treat each other like shit so much? Like what, <laughs> what is all this pain and torment and craziness? And, and you said something really, really beautiful that, that this is the most universal wisdom that I think we've covered today. You took the time to shed your own lack of forgiveness and turn to your dad and just be curious about his life. He shared with you that he himself was hurt. And guess what? Probably your great grandpa and your great, great. It's the same thing. That's this right, is, man. this is emotional That's epigenetics. Right. This is why I'm writing That's the book. Right. This is the concept for my new book. Beautiful. And it's not, it's not just woo woo. It's, it's spirituality. That's practical. We, and I'm curious how you feel about this. We tend to mirror and to behave in the way that our parents and our grandparents and our great greats 100%. showed us, 100%. even if we know on a conscious level that it hurts others, we unconsciously are driven by this mirroring, this imprinting that we've gotten from our lineage. What do you make of this? Well, it's, it's, it's who we are. It's who we are. It's, it's an energy. It's, it's an energy that is, that is like brought down. I'll give you this example. I have a natural gift and a natural knack for public speaking and for for business. It's just, I always find a way, you know? And so part of what I hadn't told you yet is that, you know, when I went to find my, to, 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 to reconnect with my father, I actually ran an ad on Instagram about a year and a half ago. I ran an ad on Instagram and um, I ran an ad asking for anybody who knew this last name in this particular city in Dominican Republic. Sure enough, within one day, I connected with his family. So his family that disowned him, that basically didn't know about him and he didn't know about them, I found them. So we started communicating, right? And then the last night before the trip, that was beautiful because I took my boys with me. I took my boys with me and they got to see, 
they got to see me with my father and my father with all of his brothers. Mm. And it was this big, beautiful family. And we got along and it was beautiful. Well, guess what I find out? I find out that my grandfather and my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather were all leaders, politicians, public speakers, and business people. Mm. And, and I always thought to myself, like, where did I get this from? Because my mom was timid. And my dad, one thing you don't know about my dad, my dad, he, he stutters. He can't, he can't finish a sentence without stuttering, right? And so I got this download one time that like my dad was also that guy, but because my dad's father basically disowned him, he never got a chance to really connect with that masculine side of himself, mm. which is what made me who I am, which is beautiful to me. It's like mm. it all... It all flows, man. It mm. all it all it all works out. Because you've layered that consciousness on it. That's why it makes sense. Yeah. And I think for me, like a big learning curve is like, how much do I feel the sadness, the grief, the pain of things? How much do I allow myself? I know I think you interviewed a mutual friend, Hal Elrod. Yeah. And he's really big on like, I'll feel something for five minutes and then I'm over it. <laughs> right. Like right. He, he gives himself five minutes and then he's I'm, on to the I'm next not, thing. I'm not that good. I'm not that good no. either. So, <laughs> so for me, I'm like coming from a bipolar mother and trying to make sense of like so much pain and anguish and really just not having a home base. There was always this part of me where I, I just questioned like, how long do I spend in an emotion before I move on to something positive? Mm -hmm. And I see it in our world of spirituality, especially with a podcast called The Higher Self right? You probably get a lot of people that are trying to come on the show that really aren't doing the work, but they know how to say all the things. They know how to front, they know how to market, they know how to like present themselves in a way as if they're in the trenches with can us. I, well, can, well, can I tell you something? Sure. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There's something about me that when someone reaches out to, because my, my team handles all of our messages, but every once in a while, it's like, there's a backlog of messages. I'll just hop in and I'll go like, what's going on here? Right. And when someone is reaching out to me, right, saying that they want to be on my show, it's almost like an immediate red flag, like you're not coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Because why? Mm -hmm. Why? What, what, what is it inside of you that wants to be on the show? Does that make sense? I would hope that it's both curiosity and wisdom at the same time, rather yeah. than just, can I come on and get something? Yeah. If yeah. it's curiosity and wisdom, it's it's a good vibe. It's like you feel it. But I feel there's a want. Yeah. There's a there's a want, right? Where, where I also feel like, like, look, if it's if it's like in the cards, my team will find you and reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Like a hundred percent of our guests, it's just happened. It's just flowed. That's how Casper reached out to me. That's it. That's it. It mm -hmm. just flows. You mm -hmm. know, it just flows and it happens. And then it either resonates or it doesn't resonate. And it feels good or it doesn't feel good, right? But you're right, man. It's like, you know, so many people, it's like they know how to say the stuff and, and they, yeah. They, yeah. The, the reason I'm saying that is because I, it's been this learning curve and I wonder how you've experienced this learning curve yourself. How long do we spend in an emotion, sadness, grief, anger, frustration? Like these are all actually totally part and parcel to a healthy being. Like we have to experience those at times, sure. but, but we don't want to allow ourselves to get stuck there. So how do you balance for yourself and also in the event, which we're going to link to, by the way, tell people right now so we can put it on the screen. What is the event URL? Oh, uh, dannymorell.com backslash awaken. Backslash awaken. And yeah. it's when is the actual event? So the next one is March 23rd to the 25th. Okay. Here yeah. in Austin, yeah. you guys. So here in Austin. I'll come by the event and check yeah, it out too. It sure. sounds like 
a lot of fun. That's cool. Well, a lot of a lot of catharsis and a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of same, awakening is what it is. At the same time, it's awakening. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so how do you embody this yourself where you, you have almost this arbiter inside of you that allows you to feel grief, feel sadness, not spiritually bypass them, but also not just be so hyper-focused on positivity and being at cause that you kind of miss the lessons from the pain. How do you walk that world? I, I just, you know, um, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which I'm sure you've read, but if, if, if you guys haven't read it out there, I highly recommend it. And I would say, read it, don't do the audible, because his voice will put you to sleep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Read it. But but, but that, that book, it just, there was something about that book that it just teaches me to stay in the now, you know, mm. um, which is tough to do, it's tough to do. And so in the now, like I'm okay with feeling what I need to feel. And then also in the now, I'm okay to learn what I need to learn. And then I just give it its space. And I, you know, it's it's interesting you bring up Hal because like when I interviewed him, I left so motivated. Because sometimes when you meet people that have a gift that maybe you don't, you're you're not resonating with or or that is not a part of your life, it inspires you, right? It inspires you like that. Like my brother is like that. My my brother, my I was I was with Hal and, and I introduced I FaceTime my brother with Hal. Because my brother does the freaking miracle morning every single morning. He's just so robotic and so disciplined like that. I'm not like that. I like to flow. You know, I like to flow. And it's the same thing with emotions, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll let them come. Uh, I'll, I'll let pain come. Uh, I'll deal with it as it comes. And I'll let it go as it goes. Mm-hmm. But I won't let it stop me from doing or being who it is that I need to be. Unless it's something pretty big. And then I'll sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it, you know? What do people get wrong about you when they don't know you like people that know you know you right but when somebody doesn't know you what have you received like i I can share my own like for me people think i'm like some jock or some spiritual person or some guy that like tries to dominate the space i've received that feedback a lot and so i just think man if they actually would get to know me they would learn that none of that's true so how does that play out for you with your persona in the world your ig your your stage appearance like when people hear about you or experience you, what do they tend to get wrong about you when they don't know you? You want you want the real answer? Come on. Yeah, the real answer, I, I've discovered this. Um, you know human design? Sure. So I'm a reflector. Manifesting generator. Okay, manifesting. And what I'm are a you? reflector. Oh, that's a small percentage. Very small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I have learned about myself is that when it comes to other people, I reflect back to them what's going on inside of them, right? You seem like a reflector. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and this is, this is the, the, the toughest part. And this is why I dealt with what I dealt with in my real estate company is that reflectors carry with them this like savior concept, right? Where it's like, and this is why on Instagram we get like hundreds of messages is because people think that the answer is in me but the answer is in them, right? And so remember when I was 18 years old and I was saying like, no one's coming to help me. I gotta go figure this out by myself. So it might be me. So it, 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 I, I gotta go figure this out and help myself type of deal, right? Where I, I, I think for people specifically in my energy, it's like they want something or they're, they're looking for some sort of help, right? And they don't, I don't 
believe they understand how many people it is out there that want this help and how we couldn't possibly do that. That's why we create structures like an event or like a podcast, right? Because it makes it easy for us to facilitate the help that people need, Yeah. right? Come to an event, come get your help, right? Yeah, I'd love to help you. Come to the event or listen to the podcast or whatever the case may be. And then I think that, I think that for some people, what that does is it makes them think that I'm like, I don't know, all about money or all about like whatever the case may be. And yet I'm genuinely, I'm just trying to help as many people as I possibly can. I just can't, if I do it one-on-one with everyone that reaches out, I, I'll go crazy. Yeah. I'll go nuts. Mm-hmm. So we create these structures, right? We create these structures that allow those who are ready to come and and sit in these structures for for three full days, right? And ask questions and do whatever the case may be. And they leave different human beings. And and that's like, I love that we do that, right? Mm-hmm. But yet the double-edged sword, and, and people don't, well, you, you could see it on Instagram. Like every day I'm like, you know, so, this was just two days ago. A lady was like, you know, I was sexually abused by my father. You know, I was sexually abused by my father, so I have a hard time trusting men. And right away, there's just sometimes that I just get these messages and I was like, look, I want you to come for free. And um, if the plane ticket is an issue, I want to buy your plane ticket as well. Mm. And if you look, scroll back on Instagram, you you look back that during the pandemic, I was like once every two weeks feeding women. I was feeding single mothers. Like no charity, no nothing. I was just like paying out of my pocket to... And I'd make public announcements like, hey, if you're struggling, you know, with money, I will buy your groceries for you, right? And and I think the people that know me know that I'm like genuinely here to help people, right? Because they've been in intimate settings with me. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I'm gonna mess up. I'm I might let you down. You know, I might get you mad at me because I'm a human being, mm-hmm. but they know my heart. And I think that the people that don't, they will, they will take that. And they will get excited for a moment, right? And then when they don't get what they want, then they might tend to like make a story, like mm-hmm. like I'm a bad guy or something, which which is okay. I mean, that's just part of it. Um, dude, there's a concept that Young talks about in the Red Book, and I haven't read the whole book. I'm not like a master Young. There's people that spend forty plus years studying Carl Young, but there's one thing that he says, and it is that perception is projection. So if I perceive you in some way, I'm, I'm projecting that perception of you on you. Yeah, man. And so I could see how if you, and you, you feel like on a cellular level that you are a reflector as far as human design, like that's a, that's a belief. It's it's so, it's so obvious. It's obvious. Okay. It's not even, it's ridiculous. So if that's the truth, then when you came to the studio today, immediately you, you mirrored something for me. Mm. What do you think that was? I don't know. I don't know. I know that I was... I know that I was feeling a little like not good in here. Mm. Uh, and I think that you caught that. And that's why you said, hey, intuitively, I think we need to breathe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. was beautiful. So, and, 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 and to be uh, honest, my ego goes, I don't want to breathe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to breathe. Right. Yeah. But, but my heart goes, shut up and breathe. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was beautiful. And I was like, thank you. Mm. I needed that. Thank you. Yeah. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah. The reason I ask that is because if that's true, if you believe in Jung's work, and I don't know, I'm still kind of figuring out if I believe that as, a, as an objective truth. Subjectively, it feels true most of the time. Sure. It kind of goes to your analogy of your, your heart opening and your dad's heart opening. Yeah. Same thing. So yeah. if, you're, if you're projecting that and your perception is that your heart is opening, it makes his heart open. If that's the case, then on a global level and what you're doing with your podcast and your programs, like what does that actually mean to be a higher self? And if so, if you have a definition of that, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you that, what is your higher self? What is the higher self? How does that perceptionist projection concept work out if you're being a noble, loving, higher self? Not better than the lower self, just different, further along the path. What is the definition of the higher self? I think the definition of the higher self is a version of you. It's, it's, it's actually returning right? It's, it's returning. Like the way I see it is like, this is your start. This is where you're at. And this is where your, your future is. Mm. And, and so many people, what they try to do is they try to change their lives, right? We all want change. We all want to grow. We all want to evolve. The, the, the problem is, is that what people don't realize if I had a pencil here or something, what people don't realize is that when you are dealing from the present moment, you are changing your future based off of the present and you have no leverage, you have no leverage because what is really controlling your future outcome is your past, right? Because you're living from the story, the anxieties, the pain, the traumas of the past, right? So for me, what awakening your highest self is, I think all of our highest self is, it doesn't get as high, any higher than when we were with source, when we were just infinite love, right? And so when was that? It was when we were in our mother's womb. Right. It was when that, that moment when we were first born. Right. If we could help human beings get back to that spot. Yeah. Right. And help them unravel everything that has caused them pain in their life. Right. Mm -hmm. Then they get to think about the future from a different perspective, from a different energy. Right. And as a result, they get to live a, a different life. You mm -hmm. know, that to me is what the higher self is. And so, and so when you when you go to awaken and you see people like you know I'm picturing right now and you can see these stories on Instagram but I'm picturing one that we haven't released there there was there was one it was a, it was a young lady she was sitting to the left of my stage we had just gotten gotten done with with some spiritual work and she's she's holding on to her heart and 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 I intuitively just felt like call her and I just asked her what was that like for you and she goes I can't believe I'm about to say this but I've never told anybody this in my life, but when I was a little girl, I was sexually abused. And I never in my life thought that I'd be able to do this, but in that moment, I just forgave him. I just forgave him and I'm, I'm, and I'm free. And I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this, right? I'm free. Like I, I never thought I'd be able to let this go, but I let it go. I understand it now. And she's crying and then I, I sit in front of her and I, I lead her through some words and through a little meditation and she's just like, Brother, you could literally see her unraveling, right? You could see her unraveling and you could see her literally being like reborn. Mm. And uh, that's, 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 that's the sweetness of life right there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, it brought up a lot of emotion to me actually. I saw when that. You, when you were talking because I, our new baby is coming in April. Yeah. And so I, I'm thinking about, God, being in the mother's womb, like higher self is not a concept. It's actually a life path. You know, it's not something that we can commoditize the higher self. 
I love the name of your podcast. I love the work that you do, but I, I think about probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of books that have been written about self-growth, personal development, and this concept of higher self. One of the things I love and respect about you is that you're not treating this with anything other than total sacredness, this concept of the higher self. Because in order to really, kind of like my mentor, Paul Check, or um, a mentor and, and brother of mine, Scott Jackson, that we've had on the show, there are, there are certain people where after I hang out with them enough, and definitely after we've hung out on this podcast today, I can really sense within you, like this is your soul's work. And so now as you look at the road ahead and you think about the ways that you're going to honor the sacredness of this concept, not concept, it's a way of being a life path of higher self. What excites you about the future? Before we recorded, you talked about a stadium, but is that the end all be all? Are you also unattached from that stadium having to look or be a certain way? Yeah, for sure. You know, you know to me, I, I, I'll tell you the most beautiful thing that I'm witnessing right now, right? Is that essentially the way our, our let's just call it a model. The way our model works is from Awaken, people join one of our programs. And our programs are designed to help people unravel spiritually, um, help them get financially free. Because call it what it is, you live in the 3D world, you're going to need freaking hey, money. That's right. You're going to need money. <laughs> so like for any of you out there who get mad at me, okay. No, then, no, no. We changed our but, entire teaching based on what you just said okay. last year. Okay. Good. We added a fifth element, which is financial health. You, you, you have to. You have to. Right? You have yeah. to. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, man. No. You, would, wouldn't, you wouldn't be, be able to afford the lights or the, or the cameras or anything or <laughs> exactly. the microphone, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, spirituality finances health. Health. Because uh, my mentor told me, he said, you, you, you can't live life on your own terms if you don't have great health. Mm. You know, And I think that there's too many people that are, again, not awakened enough or conscious enough to realize is that most of the food and the food products that the system puts out there is horrible for you. Horrible for you, right? Yeah. I'm just going to say this. Anything with a national brand don't consume it. Don't use it in your house. Don't spray it in your body because it's a national well-known brand for a reason. Now, there are new brands that are popping up that are, that are, that are better for us, but you got to like be able to turn the label on the back and see what you're actually putting in your body, you know? Uh, and the last one is relationships, right? Um, and it's something that I truly could never speak on other than when, when I met Jen, you know? Mm. And so, um, and so they go through the program and, and they go through the program and then when they're ready and they're ready to journey within, we, we help facilitate that in a very safe and loving, loving space. And, you know, there's people that have been with me for four years and now all of those people are the mentors of the new people coming into the program. Mm. And all of those people are the guides that are help facilitating the integration workshops at the event. So it's like this beautiful thing, man, this beautiful thing where not everybody stays and not everybody like makes it all the way through. But once I know your heart and once I know what you're really here to do, and once I know that you've done the work and you are the outcome of the program, then it's like, now it's your turn, yeah. right? And now you get to help people. And that's, yeah. that's, that's really what I'm seeing. Well, then that's the path that I asked you about earlier. Like you're not on the mountain, you're just on the same trail further along. That's it. And I love that because, man, any time that I've ever gone to a program or gotten coaching from someone and there's that essence of guru, Tony Robbins had that Netflix documentary, Yeah, I'm Not Your Guru. Yeah. What is something that you yourself as a teacher, as a leader, you know, what is something that you yourself are, are having trouble with currently in your life right now? What's a lesson or maybe you'd call it a gift, right? 
What's something that you're struggling with yourself? I don't know that it's a struggle, but I do know that it's a big lesson. And it's how to be in loving relationship with a woman. How to feel comfortable in that space. How to accept and receive a woman's love, right? And and quite frankly, how to accept and receive my woman's love. Like, like she is without a shadow of a doubt. Like I had a list, bro. I, I had a I had a list everything I ever wanted. <laughs> everything I ever wanted. Yeah, yeah. And she is without the shadow of a doubt yeah. that human being. Mm. Right. We, we we walk through a room, she's turning heads. Right. And I, and I say that, but I didn't want someone who turned heads and who knew it. I want someone who turned heads and like, and I mean that like I wanted to be physically attracted to her, mm. but yet she has no idea because that's not where she puts her value. Her value is inside. Right. And I just dare to think like, I'm going to find somebody like that someday. Somebody that is so attractive to me physically, but at the same time, it's like, it's her inside that I value more than anything. Right. Mm -hmm. It's her, it's her emotional intelligence, her spiritual intelligence, her, her intellectual intelligence, her, her ability to carry conversation with me like this, to challenge me like this and to feel a woman like that love me right? Bro, it brings up all my insecurities to the point that like we were, we were just in Dubai and, and, you know, to the point that I, I have to ask her, like I have to pinch myself and I, I literally go like, well, here's another thing. Like you might think I'm all like perfect or I like, I think I've made it. I got my own insecurities, right? I got my own shit that I got to deal with. Right. And so I literally had to ask her, I had to ask her, like I, I messed with her. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you love me? Like I'm playing with her, right? But it's yeah. like half the time I have to like pinch myself, right? It's like, are you sure? And she's like, what do you, you know, we, we joke around, but it's, I think that there's some truth to that, you know, because I didn't really receive, my mom didn't know how to, how to show that love. And my dad obviously wasn't around. And so I have been on my own. And so this is new for me, right? And it's, it's, it's growth, bro. It really is. And it's growth at like the depths of my heart and soul because not only is there her, but it's her family and her family is wonderful. And to like be a part of something where you get to see like potentially a pretty awesome future with beautiful people that are nice to you and kind to you. It's like, it's like, whoa, man, this is pretty awesome. And I got to get used to it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Relationship is the ultimate crucible for mirroring, especially as a, as somebody with your human design for mirroring exactly what wants to be healed. That's it, bro. And and I can say that with Carrie Michelle, no doubt. And probably everybody with us right now is like, duh, whether they realize it or not, you pulled in, you attracted a partner exactly that, that was a perfect Rubik's cube for all the shit that you haven't looked at yet <laughs> brother, or, or brother, that wants I, to I be, be healed right can, now. Can I be honest yes, with you? Yes, Look, yes, I'm going to be as vulnerable. This is how I am. I, I, I hope this is this, this helps you guys listening. But a couple of things came up for me. Number one, I have three kids, right? Uh, I know I'm successful. I know I got my act together, but it's three kids. Who's going to love me with three kids? This was, this was my ego now. This mm -hmm. is my ego thinking, right? Um, number two, she's not Hispanic. And so I don't, 
I've never dated someone that, that was white, right? I never, right? And so, so think about this. So any resonance of this idea or this notion that you are a, as much as I had dealt with it, and as much as I thought that I had like gotten past it, it's still a thing. It's a thing that we as Hispanic or African-American people grow up with that we think we are minorities, right? So that to me was like a, it was a thing. Number three, she's taller than me. She's taller than me. And if you if you understand our culture as Hispanics, right? The woman is like the, you know, in the kitchen, cooking, cleaning. Uh, I hate to use this word, but like lower than, right? Mm. The man, the man sits at the head of the table. That's the shadow patriarchy. That's the, that's a, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's all of that, right? Yeah. And and here I am, I'm like this like supermodel-esque looking, five foot ten, beautiful, gorgeous, spiritual, everything I ever wanted woman that was completely different than me. The, the perfect Rubik's Cube, perfect to chip away at all of my insecurities and everything that was that was holding me back, man. It's been wonderful. It's mm. been wonderful. Dude, yeah. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for being here on this podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you for um, having me. I look forward to other conversations outside of the recording. Yeah, for sure. And um, just proud of what you've done and where you've been. And you could have chosen to do it so differently. You could have been one of these people that builds the high rises downtown from a place of wounding, mm. but you chose something different. Yeah. So on all these pods you do yourself and your solo casts and the interviews that you sit on, what's a question that somebody hasn't ever asked you before that you've wanted to answer? I don't know because people ask me a lot and, <laughs> I, and I just, I just share. All right. I'll, so I'll, I'll piggyback on this. What is one thing about the mystery of life that you take peace in? In other words, how do you make sense of the mystery of life, especially with what you shared about your mom and the church and all that stuff? How do you make sense of it all, of the mystery? That it's all perfect. That's all perfect. And that even in the moments where you think like things aren't going your way or that things are getting hard or things are getting rough or, or why you, you know, why did you have to go through this thing? That it's all perfect. It's all perfect. And, and the more and more that you heal, the more and more that you get into a space, the deeper you go, the more and more that you get into the space where your mind is filled with, with, with peace and calmness, your heart is open, and, and you, you're living in a really cool spot where, where things are pretty chill and they flow and, and you get to create whatever it is that you want to create. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You guys, go to this event if you felt something in your body today and you were like, I wonder what that's all about. Why am I interested? Or why did Danny trigger me? <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, we'll drop the link right here on the screen. Also, we're talking more about Danny at joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. As we say goodbye, what is wellness? How do you define it? How does Danny live his life well? Yeah. What is that for you? I think wellness, uh, this might be a little little tough, but but this is for me. Yeah. Wellness is understanding the three energies of human mastery. Uh, money, our relationship with food and health, and our relationship with other human beings and loving relationship. And to me, wellness is being in a space where you can be free to live life on your terms um, in each of those areas, right? Where you are um, receiving or attracting the money that you need in order to be whole, happy, and complete where you are, you know, living in the body that you want to live in um, and that when you are in loving communion and relationship 
with the person that you love. And when all of those three things kind of like meet up, um, uh, you are well. You mm. are well. Mm. And, uh, and life is good. Mm. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah. you guys for being here. Until we see you again, Danny and I are both wishing you love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon. Are you often overwhelmed by lengthy to-do lists and tons of tasks on your mind or find yourself more anxious than you'd like? With Cure Raw Daily Full Spectrum CBD Oil, you are just one dose away from a less stressed life. This full spectrum formula has a complete profile of all the nourishing plant compounds, including cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids. These are the things that actually offer functional support in your enteric nervous system, in your gut, in your entire nervous system to better deal with stress, get better sleep, and support less inflammation to help your body and mind return to homeostasis. Look, the cannabinoid and CBD market, it's like the wild, wild west. It can be really challenging to find a truly quality product because everybody says their product is the best. Well, from two plus years of research, I only recommend Cured, period, end of story. From my own use these past four years to even using it with my family, it is the absolute best CBD I've ever come across. I won't use anything else from minor anxiety to even full-blown panic attacks to just simply needing to relax or even pairing it with breath work. The full strength CBD tincture is what I use to support my life in ways that I really can't even describe here to you on this podcast with words. It's my nighttime go-to supplement above all else. I think you're going to love it. I know you're going to love it. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash cured. Use the code wellnessforce. That's one word. Wellnessforce to save 20% off all the products, your entire cart over at joshtrent.com forward slash cured. Make sure you use the code wellnessforce to save 20% off.